وَيَقُولُونَ And they say مَتَى وَنْ هَذَا الْوَعْدُ This promise إِنْ كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ If you should be truthful Instead of believing in the signs What do they say? They say When will this promise be? Which promise? The promise that you make with us Of some punishment Or of the day of judgment Of going to Jannah or to Nar When is this going to be If you're really truthful? The mushrikeen They asked the Prophet ﷺ this question Not as an inquiry But rather as a challenge To show impossibility As sarcasm As mockery They said When is it going to be? You talk about Jannah You talk about Nar You talk about some punishment When is it going to be? In kuntum sadiqeen Allah says ma not yanzuruna they wait ma yanzuruna they are not waiting illa except sayhatan wahidatan one blast nadara ila nadara is to look and nadara ila is to look on expectantly meaning while waiting for something so they're only waiting for sayhatan wahida just one blast And notice the word sayhatan. Again, it is nakira to show the enormity of this blast. Which blast is this? The blast of the trumpet. The first blowing of the trumpet by the angel Israfil. One blast. Allah says, تَأْخُذُهُمْ It will seize them. It will seize them وَهُمْ يَخِصِّمُونَ While they will be يَخِصِّمُونَ They will be disputing. يَخِصِّمُونَ is actually يَخْتَصِمُونَ The ta is assimilated with the sad and the word becomes يَخِصِّمُونَ What does يَخْتَصِمُونَ يَخِصِّمُونَ mean? To argue. They will be arguing. They will be doing khasm. Meaning the hour will come, the trumpet will be blown, while the people of that time will be debating about irrelevant things. Busily engaged in futile discussions In their disputes What this referring to is That the day of judgment will come While they are engrossed in their daily lives It will come without any warning The commencement of that day Will not be delayed So that their disputes may be resolved Rather it will come suddenly And it will seize them This ayah also tells us about the state of the people upon whom the hour shall come. Meaning the people who will be alive when the hour will occur, when the day of judgment will happen. What kind of people will they be? يَخِصِّمُونَ Those who argue, those who fight. Meaning their hearts will be disunited. Their hearts will be void of any mutual love or care or concern. Only their hearts will be filled with تَخَاصُمْ تَبَاغُضْ تَدَابُرْ Hatred, rancor, disagreeing and disputing with one another, turning away from one another. And why is it that the people of the time will be like this? Due to the absence of iman. There will be no iman. The Prophet ﷺ said that The hour will not come except upon the worst of the creation. Meaning the people who will be alive at the time when the trumpet will be blown, What kind of people will they be? The worst of all people. Of course, this will be after Isa will come 
much after him. And we learned that Quran will be lifted. We learned that the masjid of the Prophet ﷺ will be abandoned literally. The Kaaba will be demolished. Nobody will come and defend it. The worst of people will be living at that time. Such that Allah, Allah will not be said. People will not even know the word Allah, the name Allah. Forgotten. This will be the state of people at that time. وَهُمْ يَخِصِّمُونَ فَلَاسُ not يَسْتَطِيعُونَ They will be able to. When the hour will come, they will not be able to do any tawsiyatan. To give any wasiyah. Tawsiyah from waw is to give wasiyah, to make a will, to make a bequest regarding one's property, regarding one's affairs. Meaning when a person realizes that they're about to die, what do they do? They tell their family, my money, do this with it. My business, do this with it. My books, do this with it. My clothes, do this with it. They give some instruction concerning their affairs and concerning their properties. But Allah says that when the hour will come, when the trumpet will be blown, they will not be able to make any will. Wala and nor ila ahlihim to their families, yarji'oon, they can return. They will not be able to return to their families. Why would a person return to their family? Because when you go out of your house to do something, once you're done, where do you go? You go back home. So in other words, they will not be able to complete that errand. They will not be able to complete their work and then go back home. There's no going back home. And secondly, why would a person go home to check up on their family? They will not be able to go and see their family. Rather, they will die right there and then. So sudden the hour will be that none will get even the slightest chance to make amends, to end disputes, to finish their work, to check on their families, to get back home. No. Rather at this first blast, what's going to happen? Everyone will be terrified and they will die. And at the second blast, everyone will rise. And that is what's mentioned in the following ayah. وَنُفِخَ فِي الصُّورِ And then, نُفِخَ فِي الصُّورِ It will be blown in the trumpet. Meaning the trumpet will be blown into. This will be when? After a period of 40. Because from hadith we learn that between the two, نَفْخَ Meaning the first blowing of the trumpet and the second blowing of the trumpet, there is a period of 40. Now what is that 40, 40 days, 40 years, 40 months? Allahu A'lam. But after that time, what's going to happen? Nufiqa fi sur. The trumpet will be blown the second time. Sur. What is sur? Sur is a trumpet, a horn. And from hadith we learn, Qarnun yunfakhu fihi. It's a horn in which it will be blown into. By who? By the angel Israfil. The Prophet ﷺ said, Since the time that the angel who is to blow the trumpet was given his task, that angel has been ready with his eyes set upon the throne. Meaning he hasn't even blinked once. He hasn't even looked away once. Afraid that his eye might be deviated when the order comes. Meaning he hasn't he hasn't looked away from the throne or blinked his eyes even once. Why? Because he's ready. Ready to blow the trumpet the moment Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders him to. 
Angel Israfil is 100% ready, just waiting for the order so that he can blow the trumpet. In another hadith we learn, the Prophet ﷺ said, how can I be at ease when the angel of the trumpet has placed his mouth upon the trumpet? He has bent his forehead and is awaiting the command of his Lord. And the trumpet shall be blown. How? The first trumpet shall be blown how? Suddenly, without any warning, the second trumpet will be blown how? After a period of 40. The first blowing of the trumpet will cause the creation that is alive at that time to die. And the second blowing will cause everyone to come alive. And that is what is described in this ayah. That فَإِذَا Then immediately هُمْ they Meaning at once they will, meaning all people will, مِنَ الْأَجْدَاثِ From the graves إِلَى رَبِّهِمْ To their Lord يَنْسِلُونَ They will hasten, they will rush. At once they will come out of the ajdath. Ajdath is the plural of the word jadath. جِيم دَال And a jadath is an old grave. A grave whose marks even have disappeared. Meaning it's an unmarked grave, a lost grave, a forgotten grave. Meaning people don't even know that it's a grave. Doesn't it happen so often that, you know, a piece of land is bought and then construction begins, but then as they're digging, they find that this was some graveyard or some, you know, for example, a body is found, decayed bones are found. What do we know? We may be sitting on top of a graveyard also. Allahu alam. You never know. When the Prophet ﷺ, he purchased the land for the masjid, Masjid al-Nabawi, what was that place? When they dug it, what did they find? The bones of people who had been buried. So then they were relocated. This is jadath. You understand what jadath is now? An old lost grave. So minal ajdath, people will come out of the graves, and as they will come out, what will they do? Ila rabbihim to their Lord yansilun, they will hasten. Yansilun is from nasala. Nasala literally is to descend. All right? Have you ever run down a hill? What happens when you're running down a hill, or even driving down a hill? Your speed it just increases automatically. So from this, it's referring to running quickly, hastening. إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَنْسِلُونَ They will quickly proceed towards their Lord. As the trumpet will be blown, the souls shall reunite with the bodies. And each person will come out of his grave. People will be emerging from their graves, scrambling out. And as soon as they come out, they will run towards the call, meaning towards the place from where the sound is coming. No one is going to remain sleeping then. In Surah Al-Isra, Ayah 52, Allah says, يَوْمَ يَدْعُوكُمْ فَتَسْتَجِيبُونَ بِحَمْدِهِ The day that He will call you and you will respond with His praise. Meaning then, nobody is going to remain sleeping. Everyone is going to wake up. قَالُوا They will say, يَا وَيْلَنَا Oh, woe to us. مَنْ بَعَثَنَا Who raised us? مِنْ مَرْقَدِنَا From our sleeping place. What happened? Who woke us up? Why have we been woken up from our resting place? The word مَرْقَد is from the root letters رَاقَفْ دَال وَتَحْسَبُهُمْ أَيْقَاضًا وَهُمْ رُقُود رُقُود Ones who are sleeping. مَرْقَد is a place of sleeping. Meaning a bed. They will say, who woke us up from our sleeping places? We were having such a good sleep. Why will they say this? 
Because if you think about it, we learn that, for example, Fir'aun and his people, as they died, as they drowned, they were admitted in the fire. Meaning in the grave, they are punished. We believe that there is either punishment or reward in the grave. So those who are being punished in the grave, why will they say that why were we woken up from our sleeping places? Were they sleeping or were they being punished? Then why will they say, why will they think of the time in the grave as if it was a good sleep? Exactly, because what they will witness now is far, far more worse. It's much more difficult and heavy compared to what they experienced in the grave. The punishment of the day of judgment is far greater than the punishment of the grave. The punishment of the grave will seem like a dream, a bad nightmare. Allah says, وَلَعَذَابُ الْآخِرَةِ أَشَدُّ وَأَبْقَى The punishment of the hereafter is more severe and it is more lasting. It is also said that the time period between the two nafkhas, the forty, that is the time when there is no punishment. Alright? There is no punishment or or any reward. So that time they will refer to as marqad. They will say or they will be told, Hada, this is Ma Wa'ada Rahman, what the most merciful has promised. Wasadaqal Mursaloon and the messengers were truthful. They will say, Who woke us up? They'll be told, This is what Allah promised you. Didn't Allah promise? Resurrection? He did. Well, that promise has been fulfilled now. And didn't the messengers warn before? Yes, they did. Sadaq al-Mursaloon. Well, the prophets were truthful. In Surah Al-Safat, Ayah 20, it is mentioned, وَقَالُوا يَا وَيْلَنَا هَذَا يَوْمُ الدِّينَ They will say, Oh, woe to us. This is the day of recompense. Wow. We didn't think it was going to happen, but it actually happened. هَذَا يَوْمُ الْفَصْلِ الَّذِي كُنْتُمْ بِهِ تُكَذِّبُونَ This is the day that you were denying before. Allah says, إِن كَانَتْ إِن not كَانَتْ It will be إِلَّا except صَيْحَةً وَاحِدَةً One blast. فَإِذَا Then at once, هُمْ they جَمِيعٌ All together. لَدَيْنَا Before us, مُحْضَرُونَ Ones brought present. Meaning it will not take long at all. Just one blast and the entire creation, jami'un, everyone without exception, will be brought ladayna before us, muhbarun. Muhbarun, plural of muhbar, one who has been made hadir, one who has been brought and presented. For what? For hisab, for jaza. Just as with one blast, everything will perish. In the same way, with one blast, everyone will be fetched and brought before Allah. In Surah Qamar, Ayah 50, Allah says, وَمَا أَمْرُنَا إِلَّا وَاحِدَةٌ كَلَمْحٍ بِالْبَصَرِ It's just one command. And how is it gonna happen? The blink of an eye. One moment. It's not gonna take long at all. فَالْيَوْمَ So today, لَا تُظْلَمُ نَفْسٌ شَيْئًا La not tuzlamu. It will be wronged. Who? Nafsun. Any person. Shay'an. Anything. No person will be wronged even a little bit. In any way. Because that is the day of justice. That is the day of fairness. 
And Allah is the one who is most just. So no person will be treated unfairly. How could a person be treated unfairly on that day? That for example his sin is increased or that his good deeds are lost. No. No wrong will be done. If a person is given punishment, it's because he is deserving of it. If a person's deeds are lost, it's because he never really performed them in the right way. وَلَا تُجْزَوْنَ And you will not be recompensed إِلَّا except مَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ That which you used to do. So the day of judgment is the day when there is no fear of injustice. And while this may seem very beautiful, in reality it's very frightening. Because if we honestly check ourselves, see ourselves, analyze ourselves, what do we really deserve? What kind of actions? What's the quality of the deeds that we perform? What's the level of sincerity? How beautiful are they? If we take a look at our lives, we do something good, and then what happens? We follow it up with something horrible. We are so kind to someone, we're so nice to them, we help them out, and the next day, we yell at them, and we hurt their feelings, and we wash off everything good that we've done to them. So by the end, what do we have left? La تُظْلَمُ نَفْسٌ شَيْئًا There is no fear of injustice that day. In Surah Taha, Ayah 112, Allah says, وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِنَ الصَّالِحَاتِ وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ فَلَا يَخَافُ ظُلْمًا وَلَا هَضْمًا The person who does righteousness while they are a believer, then that person will not fear any injustice, any loss of deeds. In Surah Anbiya, Ayah 47, Allah says, وَنَضَعُ الْمَوَازِينَ الْقِسْطَ لِيَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ فَلَا تُغْرَمُ نَفْسٌ شَيْئًا The scales of justice will be set up and no person will be wronged at all. So much said that if a person has performed a deed that is as small as a mustard seed even, even that will have weight. In Surah Ghafir, Ayah 17, Allah says, الْيَوْمَ تُجْزَى كُلُّ نَفْسٍ بِمَا كَسَبَتْ لَا ظُلْمَ الْيَوْمِ The day of judgment, لَا ظُلْمَ الْيَوْمِ There is no injustice that day. No injustice that day. This is why it's necessary that we ask Allah for forgiveness today. We ask Allah to accept our deeds despite the deficiency in our deeds. إِنَّ أَصْحَابَ الْجَنَّةِ Indeed, the companions of paradise. الْيَوْمَ today, Meaning that day, the people of Jannah, the inhabitants of Jannah, how will they be? فِي شُغُلٍ In occupation. Meaning they'll be busy. How will they be busy? فَاكِهُونَ Ones rejoicing. Ones who are amused. The word شُغُل is from the root letters شِين غَيْن لَام شُغُل and shughul is basically الشَّأْنُ الَّذِي يُشْغِلُ الْإِنسَانَ عَمَّا سِوَاهُ It's basically something that makes a person so busy he doesn't think or care about anything else. We learn about lagu also. But remember lagu is that which distracts you from what is more important. Alright? Lagu is useless. Shughul is occupation. You know, being busy with something. You're so busy with it that you don't think about others. You don't think about something else. Like for example, if you're reading a good book, you're so lost in it, you don't even realize you've spent a whole hour reading. Right? You're talking to somebody, you don't even realize that your child is screaming for help. Right? You're eating, you're having so much 
you know, fun, enjoying your food that you don't even realize you've been dropping so much food on you. Who cares about clothes when you're enjoying so much food? You understand? Sure, you're doing something, you're enjoying so much, you don't care about anything else. So, they will be in shughul, but how? Fakihoon, amused, enjoying themselves. So they will be busy enjoying themselves. They'll be busy having fun. Fakihoon is a plural of fakih. And fakih is from fakiha, which is to be joyous, to be happy. To do something one finds enjoyment in. So fakih is a person who's doing something that he's really enjoying. He's having a lot of fun. Whether it's talking or eating or anything. So, إِنَّ أَصْحَابَ الْجَنَّةِ الْيَوْمَ فِي شُغُلٍ فَاكِهُونَ They will be in shughul that will only bring them delight. No fatigue, no boredom, no hurt. And each will consider his state to be the very best. There is no grief in Jannah, no sorrow, only happiness upon happiness. They will be so busy in being happy, truly happy, that they will forget about other things. And the only thing they will not forget is the remembrance of Allah. Hum, they, وَأَزْوَاجُهُمْ And their spouses, فِي ظِلَالٍ In shades, plural of ظِل عَلَى الْأَرَائِكْ Upon couches, مُتَّكِئُونَ Ones who are reclining. أَرَائِكْ is a plural of arika, And arika is a bed that is decorated, meaning a beautiful bed, inside a curtained canopy. So basically there's shade also. And what does this allow? Privacy, and not just privacy, but beauty and comfort and shade. I mean, if you think about it, why do you think, you know, you have those canopies for beds, you know, even for cots or cribs? Why do we have them? Is it because we have mosquitoes inside our houses? Or there's sunlight coming or something? No, it's merely for the purpose of? For the purpose of? Decoration. It looks nice. It just looks more beautiful. Lavishness. And muttaki'un. They'll be reclining. Muttaki'un is a plural of muttaki. From the root letters, wal, kaf, hamza. Alright? It is to recline. What does this ayah show us? That families will be together in Jannah. As long as the members of that family have been righteous and they believe in Allah. So for example, if a person is in one level and their spouse is in a different level, the one in the lower level will be upgraded to the higher level. Right? Families will be together. They'll be united. Because, you know, you could have a lot of fun with your friends, but especially, هُمْ وَأَزْوَاجُهُمْ The love and the companionship and the beautiful relationship that exists between a husband and wife, that is unmatched. Secondly, what we see in this ayah is that people in Jannah will be married. Okay? Allah will grant spouses. No one will suffer from loneliness. هُمْ وَأَزْوَاجُهُمْ فِي ظِلَالٍ عَلَى الْأَرَائِكِ مُتَّكِئُونَ Another thing we see over here is that couples will truly chill. As in, they can relax. Because what happens in this world is when husband and wife are sitting together and they are trying to, you know, for example, eat dinner, are there things that can disturb that romantic dinner? Are there? Maybe it's the stress on the husband's 
mind about the bills that he has to pay or the work that he has to do and it's the stress of the children or the housework that's on the wife that's making her so agitated and so it's supposed to be a very relaxing romantic dinner but it turns into an argument you know what I'm talking about? it happens right? it happens because this is the reality of life or maybe something that the wife did or said or something the husband did or said it's still bothering the other so muttaqi'oon, meaning they will be reclining, chilling, not stressed, no bad feelings, no fighting, no arguing, no stress of bills or work or chores or anything. Muttaqi'oon. Lahum fiha, for them in it will be fakihatun, fruit. Fakiha, don't think of it as just strawberries and oranges and bananas. Fakiha, remember, is fruit of any kind. Fruit of any kind. Learn of the word fruit in the Qur'an, for example. We have to think of it from the perspective of the people who were the first to hear the Qur'an, the Arabs, who lived in the desert, for whom grapes were a luxury. Watermelon was like, wow, it came all the way from Asham. You understand? Mangoes, or you know, fruit was a luxury. right? Because it did not grow in the desert. So, Fakiha by definition is that thing the eating of which is enjoyed. Alright? Also if you think about it, when do you eat fruit? Do you eat fruit for lunch? Only if you're super healthy, you know, health conscious, then you will have fruit for lunch. Right? Generally we eat fruit as snack. Some have it as dessert. Alright? So what does it show? Lahum fiha fakiha, they will have in it fruit meaning food that they will eat for the purpose of enjoyment. Food they will eat for the purpose of enjoyment. Not because they're hungry. Not because they have to be, you know, careful about what they eat. لَهُمْ فِيهَا فَاكِهَةٌ For them, therein is fruit. Foods they will enjoy eating. They will eat simply for the purpose of enjoyment. I mean, if you think about it, the people who go to Jannah from the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, before they cross the bridge, they'll be given water from Hawd Kawthar to drink. And the water of Hawd Kawthar, when a person drinks it, they will never be thirsty again. Meaning thirst will be gone. They will never experience thirst ever again. So what does it mean then? When they will eat in Jannah, when they will drink in Jannah, it's not for a need. It's not for some necessity. It is purely for the purpose of luxury. It is purely for the purpose of enjoyment and fun. لَهُمْ فِيهَا فَاكِهَةٌ وَلَهُمْ And for them is مَا يَدْدَعُونَ Whatever they request. يَدْدَعُونَ إِدْدَعَ يَدْدَعِ Is basically to claim something as yours. Alright? And then from this it is said إِدْدَعِ عَلَيَّ مَا شِئْتَ Meaning Tamanni, wish, ask for anything. So lahum ma yadda'oon, they will have whatever they want, whatever they ask for. So everything in Jannah is for what purpose? For enjoyment, not for need. And whatever they will wish, they will have it. Whatsoever they request, whatever they desire, whatever they imagine, they can have it. It is the only place where you could eat what you want. Or all you want. In this world, are there limitations? You may have the best food in front of you, but you don't have the space for it. You really don't. You can't have it. You want to eat it, but you can't. 
And you know what the consequences will be if you were to eat. So وَلَهُمْ مَا يَدْدَعُونَ In Surah Al-Zukhruf, Ayah 71, Allah says, وَفِيهَا مَا تَشْتَهِيهِ الْأَنفُسِ وَتَلَذُّ الْأَعْيُنِ وَأَنْتُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ In Jannah is whatever the nafs desires. Nafs. Alright? Right now, does the nafs desire something? Too many things. Is it possible to have everything that the nafs desires? No way. It's not possible. وَأَنْتُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ And you will dwell in it eternally. You see, every person likes different things. Isn't it so? And Jannah is a place of luxury for all. Meaning everyone who enters Jannah can have whatever they want, however they want it. In a hadith we learned that the Prophet ﷺ said that one of the people of Jannah will ask Allah to allow him to cultivate the land. Okay? Because people who like gardening, I don't know why they like gardening, but they like it. Right? They just like it. So, even when a person who likes gardening makes it to Jannah, he will ask Allah, can I do some gardening? Can I cultivate the land? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask him, are you not living in the pleasures you like? Meaning, why do you need to cultivate the land? Don't you have everything? And he will say, yes, but I like to cultivate the land. I like farming. I like gardening. So the Prophet ﷺ, he said that when the man will be permitted, he will sow the seeds and the plants will grow and they will get ripe, ready for reaping and so on, till it will be as huge as mountains within a wink. Meaning this whole process will happen in how long? Within a wink. And then Allah will say to him, O son of Adam, take, here you are, gather the yield, nothing satisfies you. And that's true. This is why it's so important to make it to Jannah. Because that's the only place where every desire after every desire can be fulfilled. In another hadith we learn that the Prophet ﷺ said, the believer when he desires a child in Jannah, so when a person in Jannah, when they will want a child, it will be conceived, born and complete, meaning in a very short amount of time. You know, every wish, every wish, some women love babies, right? Some people they love children. Some people love gardening. Some people love riding. A man came and he said to the Prophet ﷺ, I love horses. Are there horses in Jannah? So he was concerned that, you know, if Jannah is such a perfect place, such a posh place. I like horses. Will there be horses in Jannah? And the Prophet ﷺ said, If you are admitted into Jannah, you shall be brought a horse of rubies with wings. And then you shall be carried on it. And then it will fly with you wherever you want. This is the home of desires, whatever that desire may be. Here, you know, by the time your desires are fulfilled, or you think that your desires are being fulfilled, you're exhausted, or, you know, you run out of time, or you run out of money. Isn't it? You have to pay so much, you have to work so hard to get something that you want. And then when you get what you want, you feel guilty. I think I overspent. I think I overdid it. I think I overate. Isn't it? Whatever we enjoy, it's followed with guilt. That's not enjoyment. True enjoyment is only in Jannah. And the best, salam, peace. Qawlan, a word. Mir Rabbir Rahim, from a Lord who's merciful. Walahum mayaddaun, they will have whatever they wish, and the most they will wish for is what? Salam, 
from Allah. Conversation with Allah. Looking at Allah. Because وَرِضْوَانُ مِنَ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ And also what this shows is salamun. It's sudden. So it's as though salam will come as a surprise. And this is the greatest blessing of Jannah. Because it's mentioned as the last over here in this context. Salam from who? From Allah. What does this show? Allah will address the people of paradise with salam. In Surah Al-Ahzab, Ayah 44, Allah says, تَحِيَّتُهُمْ يَوْمَ يَلْقَوْنَهُ Salam. The day they meet Him, their greeting will be of salam. Meaning Allah will say salam to them. You see, in this world, we ask for salam. We pray for salam from Allah. When we say, As-salamu alaykum, we're making a dua. May salam be on you. Allah's salam be on you. And what does salam mean? Safety, security. From any trouble, from any problem, from any difficulty, any disease, anything. Anything that's harmful, painful. But Jannah is the place where people get salam. Salam is guaranteed. In dunya, we ask for it, right? But in Jannah, it's guaranteed. In Surah Yunus, Ayah 10, Allah says, وَاللَّهُ يَدْعُوا إِلَى دَارِ السَّلَامِ Allah calls to the home of salam. So salamun qawlan min rabbir rahim. This is due to the fact that the Lord is rahim. Because no one can enter Jannah without Allah's rahmah, without Allah's mercy. Salamun qawlan min rabbir rahim. These are the blessings of Jannah, the best of which is the meeting with Allah, the greeting of Allah. Usually the person who says salam first is younger or or comes after or something like that. And the fact that Allah will say salam to the people of Jannah shows how He's honoring them. Yes. And also it shows how it will be a surprise. They will be least expecting it. You know, they will be busy, faqihun, and all of a sudden salam. Qawlam min rabbir rahim. And that is the best of the pleasures of Jannah, the best of the blessings of Jannah. Recitation. وَيَقُولُونَ مَتَى هَذَا الْوَعْدُ إِن كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ مَا يَنْظُرُونَ إِلَّا صَيْحَةً وَاحِدَةً تَأْخُذُهُمْ وَهُمْ يَخِصِّمُونَ فَلَا يَسْتَطِيعُونَ تَوْصِيَةً وَلَا إِلَىٰ أَهْلِهِمْ يَرْجِعُونَ وَنُفِخَ فِي الصُّورِ فَإِذَا هُمْ مِنَ الْأَجْدَاثِ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَنْسِلُونَ قَالُوا يَا وَيْلَنَا مَنْ بَعْثَنَا مِنْ فَالْيَوْمَ لَا تُظْلَمُ نَفْسٌ شَيْئًا وَلَا تُجْزَوْنَ إِلَّا مَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ إِنَّ أَصْحَابَ الْجَنَّةِ الْيَوْمَ فِي شُغُلٍ فَاكِهُونَ 
وَأَزْوَاجُهُمْ فِي ظِلَالٍ عَلَى الْأَرَائِكِ مُتَّكِئُونَ لَهُمْ فِيهَا فَاكِهَةٌ وَلَهُمْ مَا يَدَّعُونَ سَلَامٌ قَوْلًا مِّنْ رَبِّ الرَّحِيمِ